On this episode of ResiWeek CD Expo's Lighting Preview, Creating the Human-Centric Home, and Ring's New Gate Access. All this and more on this episode of ResiWeek. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 287, Life-Changing Magic. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AV Nation. TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by some of my best friends. First, we have Mr. Taft Strickland. He is the dude at Just Add Power. How you doing, Taft? I am uh, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Excellent. I like it. Then we have Bob Archer. He is the senior editor at CE Pro. How you doing, Bob? Fantastic. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us. And last but certainly not least, my newest friend, Mr. Brandon White. He is the director of product development at Vanco. How are you, Brandon? Doing great, thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Let's kick this off with a a little preview to CD Expo 2021. This is their lighting preview coming to us from Residential Systems uh, in September on the 1st through the 3rd in Indiana at the Convention Center uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, obviously, it's Expo. If you haven't registered yet with the code AVNATION, you can get free uh, floor access, so you can go do that. But uh, let's kick this off. A couple of companies that are new to Expo from the lighting side are DMF Lighting, Environmental Lights, Garden Lighting, and uh, POE Wit Technologies, as well as Returning Will Be Color Beam, Coastal Source, Lutron, Vantage. Uh, I think you could throw Crestron in there as well because they're coming back and they've got some lighting too. Gentlemen, this is a... Uh, a bigger slate of lighting companies than I think we've ever seen before. Taft, does this show that, especially because we've got more fixture companies, not necessarily just control, like Oro's in there as well, uh, there are some honest-to-goodness actual fixture companies. Does this show that yeah. the, the market is expanding into actual fixtures as a, as a, as a large-scale endeavor? Yeah, and I think if you look, like I, I have a Lutron system in my house, and it, it, it's life-changing and it's magic. Every time I hit that button and all the lights go off in my basement that my kids left on, and I don't have to go down and trape saw to all the rooms, you know, it, it it's, it's magic, right? Um, but we've seen the cost of lighting control come way down. Um, we've seen it capture more and more and more with consumers. And this is just normal you know, it, it's a normal kind of, you know, building the category. So an integrator used to sell a $25,000 lighting control system that they made X amount of percentage on. Now they're selling a twelve dollars or $13,000 lighting control system. And what else can we do in that realm of lighting? So let's get you some amazing outdoor lights. Let's figure out this and this and this. So I think it's really kind of a natural move for integrators to go from selling lighting control keeping that dollar dollar amount similar but all but mm -hmm. by providing more by providing fixtures 
Um, and there are some cool, cool, cool fixtures on the market. Um, and so it just, I mean, stuff you're not going to find at your, you know, big orange or big blue store. Um, and you know, and then the way people build and the the way people live outdoors and things like that, they're really expecting things to last. So it's great not only to see fixture companies get involved, but also high quality fixture companies. Um, and you've seen some of the lighting control companies acquire fixture companies as well. So I think it's a natural move and I think it's great. And lighting control is one of my most favorite things. Um, you know, yeah, just dimming a bulb. You're just like, Oh, it's magic. You know, it just can change everything. You know, the way the paint color looks, how the room feels, the mood, you know, how good your wine tastes. No, not really, but okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, if Um, if the, if the experience is better, the wine tastes better, right? Yeah. And what else can you mix with Barry white, you know? You know, dimming lights and very white. Nope. Yeah. No, no comment. <laughs> nope. That gets me into trouble. No trouble. Oh, there you go. There you go. Bob, is there a a push to, you know, we're, we're seeing, as, as Taff alluded to, and as we mentioned, obviously some fixture manufacturers, but these are mostly industry-specific manufacturers, right? You're not seeing some of the, the big... Um, retail manufacturers in this list it's mostly industry specific is that a is that a benefit is that a hindrance does that come into play at all as integrators are are looking at getting into the fixture game for for right now i think it could be viewed as a benefit but i think like most other things within our market um at some point when the bigger companies notice what's going on within the custom install industry they're going to um, investigate it and they're going to find out whether it's right for them to enter the market. It, it's no different than TV companies or uh, mm. some of the other, um, you, you know, the Googles, Googles and other types of companies like that. So, um, but right now it's fine as everybody gets comfortable with it and dealers get confident selling it. I think it's a progression at some point the bigger companies will come in and the dealers will be totally fine with presenting those options and speaking to those companies so um yeah it's perfect right now the way things are progressing it's growing at a rate that i think our industry is comfortable with okay very good brandon one of the things that this brings into play is integrators are always usually needing to partner with different companies for for a variety of things right as far as trades once you get into the fixture game, unless you're dealing with a low voltage manufacturer, and there are a couple, a couple are listed here, um, you know, outdoor specifically is almost always low voltage. Uh, so you can jump in that. You don't necessarily need a, a licensed electrician to do that. But when you get into mainstream fixtures, you have to have a, a good partner in that. Is this one of those uh, evolving industries that's going to force integration firms to, to really develop a good relationship with some of those trade partners? No, absolutely. I, th- I definitely see that because of just in terms of how installers can really add to their portfolio. You know, um, I remember installing way back in the day, and essentially, we didn't really say can't, you know, um, we could go down as far down the rabbit hole as you want to go. It's just a matter of being able to do it and adding more things like this to your portfolio always helps as an installer. You know, and adding those type of partnerships that help you and you help them as well, certainly, um, 
doesn't hurt. I mean, I think this is really what will help grow and really has shown in other markets as well and outside of lighting, you know, in terms of what integrators and installers can do um, to help benefit themselves, you know, from, you know, we've seen it with networking, we've seen it with, you know, lighting, security, lots of different aspects and avenues. So this is just kind of like the next thing that we could certainly be. And it's really been happening for several years at this point, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great to see this grow um, and the amount that it has grown in a relatively short period of time. So um, I definitely mm -hmm. think that those types of relationships, those partnerships will certainly help benefit installers in terms of expanding their portfolio to continue more um, with different types of jobs, which also leads to other avenues and markets. So. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's go to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems, Creating the Human-Centric Home. Uh, this is an article from Patrick Gao, uh, otherwise known as PG from Oro. Read through it. He covers a lot of really important things about uh, how consumers are seeing human-centric. Bob, I want to I want to start with you on this. Is this kind of the the one thing that our our, our smart home application has been missing? is the, the, the push to, you know, well-being at home. I think it, it appears like that right now. Lighting, and we were talking about it a second ago, how popular lighting is and how it's opening up the category to a broader market. And I think the circadian lighting and some of the options that um, Patrick's company offers um, certainly play into all of that. So, um you know, in turn, it's something I think dealers can present to consumers and they get it immediately. It's not something like audio or video where it, you know, it's kind of esoteric, some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this is something when you say this can help you uh, sleep better, it can help you live a better life. People will understand that. And if they don't, they can certainly look it up. There's enough information out there where they can look this stuff up easily and uh, they can make the connection and then follow up with their dealer and get involved in an entire whole wellness package, you know, for their home. Yeah, very good. Brandon, one of the things that PG touches on is is how important intelligence is to, to a human-centric home. Specifically, he, he gets on how things should just happen kind of automatically, which has been the dream that, that we've all kind of tried to sell for years is 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 the concept of automatic something that still scares consumers or is it something that we're, we're to a point where that concept of things automatically happening is something that is is comfortable that we don't have to essentially sell as a as a thing to to our, our customer base I think that's a little bit of a loaded question because I think it can really go either way. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> people are very polarized sometimes in how they feel about those types of things, whether it's automated um, or not. So I think it really, really depends on the, the customer, the market. You know, um, getting to know your customer and how they, what they want. Ultimately, um, I think to a degree, there is an increasing market for that. Certainly. Um, there are people that do look for that more, you know, just expecting and wanting and needing that technology to work as advertised. Uh, I definitely think that is growing more and more, um, especially when it comes to sensors, you know, um, lots of things have opened the door in terms of IOT in regards to that. And I think that is a very large growing market. Is it everyone's cup of tea? No, I would say probably not. 
but I would say it is becoming more and more the taste of tea that they would prefer. <laughs> or bourbon. I like bourbon better. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Taft, let, let's let's wrap this one up. Um, is is the concept of wellness still one of those ecocentric things that that the average consumer views kind of as voodoo? Are, are are we past that point yet? Has there been enough uh, market penetration, mainstream coverage of quote unquote wellness to where it is? It's something that you can bring up without sounding like a yoga instructor yeah and i, I like so. yoga so it's not you know yeah no I, I i get what you're saying i think so i i think the idea of wellness and then things automatically happening and like you know the magic happens without you doing anything um which is the story of my life right um but uh <laughs> but the idea of wellness i think is pretty well ingrained in everybody um you know over the last seven and a half years since we've been locked down with COVID. Um, that was another joke. Um, <laughs> but I, it's amazing to me how many things we've done with our home and how many things have changed with our home based on making it more comfortable, wellness, being home all the time, working from home, you know, everything else. Um, so I definitely think that it is a concept that most consumers who are dealing with commercial or, or custom integrators um, that are building a house or remodeling a house are typically upper middle class or high wealth individuals. And they're all about like, if I can spend some money and I can live an extra year or I can spend some money and things are gonna be simpler and easier. Um, I think it's a, it's a concept that they've all bought into. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty simple. Now, on the note of things happening automatically, we have a Lutron system in our house, and I set it up so that when we leave, that, you know, lights change scenes and, you know, so on and so mm -hmm. forth, like you would normally do. Um, and it had been so long since we had left the house. My wife and I finally got out of the house, left the kids with the, the nanny, and we leave. And then the nanny texts me and says, all the lights in the house went off except for this one and this one and this one. Is there a power problem? And then I realized it's been that long since we left the house. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, there's a mode gets you. There's a good automatic and a bad automatic. Um, Very you know, much so, so yeah, then I'm like, Oh, I guess I need to rely on more than just my phone being there or not being there. So, um, yeah, it's kind of the same boat. Once we had kids and realized that the kids were home a little bit more in, in, you know, during the day, especially through the pandemic, I realized that a lot of our time clock events really messed you up when you weren't, mm -hmm. you know, actually yeah. going to be leaving the house. All right, yeah. gentlemen, let's wrap this up with our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Ring Access Controller Pro 2 is providing remote gate access to visitors. Uh, read through the article. It covers uh, kind of the updates from the original access controller, as well as how this can now connect to the uh, your Ring video doorbells, as well as you can use it with Key by Amazon. Uh, so you can have that gate open for, for delivery drivers, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's available currently only in the U.S. for 300 bucks. Brandon, let's start with you on this one. This is one of those products that initially I want to overlook and not really think about and not really talk about. And then kind of decided I wanted to talk about it because 
every time I've seen gate control, it's kind of questionable. It works. It's usually standalone. It doesn't connect with anything else. Taft is laughing, um, which means I'm hopefully on point. It, it, I've got to bring in usually an access control guy to do it because it's not in our wheelhouse. Is this one of those things that, again, I'm thinking off the top of my head, how many of my clients have a controlled gate and it's minor. Obviously that's regionally specific, but in my case, it's a really small portion. So I've never even considered doing gate access with ring doing effective gate access. That opens a big door for me. Am I, am I looking at this too simplistically? No, I mean, Again, kind of going back to the lighting, even it helps expand the, your portfolio um, with a nice way of doing it. Um, you know, being anytime an integrator can help expand their portfolio further um, and grow into other markets and fields, I think that's always, um, you know, a lightning product, something that will be able to help and be effective in the industry. Um, me going back to when I was an installer, again, this was many, many moons ago. Um, I probably only had one customer that I could even think of that had a gate, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. um, so again, not not going to be for everyone, but the fact that, you know, there are customers that do have it and be able to integrate and get into that kind of a market a um, little bit easier than previously, as you've mentioned, without having to outsource or partner, uh, I think is definitely going to be a benefit to integrators and um, what they can do and expand into other markets. So. Very good. Taft, th this is, again, one of those things. It seems really simple. It seems like there's not much meat on that, that story. But the fact that it has cellular and Ethernet, and we know it's from Ring, which means it's just going to kind of work. You're, you know, you're going to set it up and it's, it's going to function the way you expect it to. Does that mean that this kind of has the opportunity to become that de facto product kind of the way the ring doorbell has well i gotta tell you the one thing that rings done well has been cost of entry i've been dying to say that um <laughs> you know little little gay joke there um i mean at the end of the day i was just thinking about a friend of mine here in my neighborhood who about four years ago texted me and said hey i just had my gate fixed do you think it's worth $2,500 for me to have an app to open and close it and see if it's opened or closed? And I said, I, I mean, that, that's, that's up to you. If I was going to spend your money for you, I would spend it. I was like, but you know, do you really need to be able to see, you know, is the gate opened or closed? Is that an issue with your household? Um, and to think about that. And again, that was five years ago, right? Um, and this is a guy who had a custom gate made um, that, you know, it was somebody in Georgia that made it, which I've, I've been told is the land of gates. Um, and it took like six months to get, and it was like the price of a small Hyundai or Honda. Um, but just thinking about that conversation, and we're talking about a piece that's 300 bucks that solves so many issues and years ago i was involved in a bunch of gay projects and it's like oh one of them were like hey this gate's too far away for the controller that we bought um you know the the, hmm. the cable length is too long so the fact they built cellular into it it's going to work it's going to be in their app 
Um, you know, you, you could have a camera where you could actually watch it. That's going to be in the same app. Um, it kind of seems like a no brainer. Um, and I will, I will say I'm, I'm not a gate expert. Um, and I've only done a handful of a handful of gate entries and it was when I was skinny and had short hair. So it's been quite a while ago. Um, but this just seems like kind of a home run product at its price point. Um, yeah. you know, with, with basic features, obviously there's going to be other things. Um, so, and then on the note of gates, I tease one of my friends because he has a gate and then he has a sign at his other gate that says, please use the other gate. And so I always tease him. I was like, you know, who has a sign, please use the other gate, you know, multiple gates to his estate or his yard. So, but, uh. I, I kind of want multiple gates. That sounds awesome. Sounds like a great problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Bob, let's let's wrap this this episode up with you. They're including and touting, you know, the the key by Amazon effect. I'm guessing that when you when you start to talk about as as Taff mentioned, you know, Georgia, Florida, um, California, Texas. All those states, heck, even even upstate New York, and I'm assuming the the mass area, um, there's a lot of communities that have gates, and not necessarily just gated communities, but homes that have gates everywhere. Having um, Key by Amazon included in this, we've talked about it on the show how it's a bit of a creepy solution. I, I don't want to give some you know, Amazon delivery driver access into my house. But I love the fact that if I had a gate or as Taft's friend has two gates that I could easily make it accessible for that Amazon driver to, to deliver stuff. Is this going to be kind of that product that makes key by Amazon less creepy? I wouldn't say it's going to make it less creepy, but I think for you, Oh, come on. <laughs> It is what it is, Matt. You know, <laughs> exactly what you said. You're letting some dude into your house and um, who knows what, what that guy's going to know. But seriously, um, it'll, it provides security and peace of mind for people in, in those circumstances and those environments. And as, as we know, regardless of the economy, uh, home security is a popular item for homeowners. It's consistent and uh, what it does within our market in terms of revenue opportunities for our, our dealers. And um, uh, because of that, it's something that's desirable for people with, with gates and whatnot, you know, gated communities, a completely separate uh, product um, solution. But for those people, yeah, it certainly will be something appealing, especially for, like you said, a $300 um, price point. You, you really can't beat that. Plus the, the brand cachet that Ring brings to the category. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, circling back to what you said earlier, um, you, I'm sure Ring wouldn't have gone into the category if they didn't think it wouldn't it wouldn't be profitable. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 I think it's a win all the way around, uh, other than the creepiness yeah. part, but... Well, and specific, not the gate controller. That's not creepy. Just the, the key by Amazon thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and a dude into your house is not Taft as the dude. Because, like, you well, can come to my Well, what Taft does in his private time, you know, that... 
if you show up to my house in an Amazon shirt, we'll have some questions. But other than that, anytime you want, Taft. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it there. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Vanco, where can they do that? Um, visit our website at www.vanco1.com. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Archer, if people want to connect with you, follow you on Twitter at BobArcher2020. Um, <laughs> uh, connect with CE Pro. Where can they do that? They can go to cepro.com. Uh, I had a feeling this would come up, and I didn't get to it, but I am on Twitter. Um, I don't remember. The, I think there's an underscore or something within my name, but it's uh, uh, BobArcher2010, I believe, and there it, might be an underscore Bob in there. underscore... 2010 i you're it's in your show note now because i oh. know you forget every time <laughs> yeah i never think about twitter yeah i'm anti-social media so it's all good there are days i wish i was too taff my friend if people want to connect with you learn more about just add power where can they do that uh, they can go to justaddpower.com and then we have a twitter a facebook and since we're cool and hip we also have an instagram <laughs> as well all just, no just that power. So, uh, no, we're not. We're not. I have. I haven't figured that one out yet. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I avoid that one. All right, gentlemen. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit Aviation.tv, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Resi Week.